Backstage Pass is made possible by Mauer Productions on Stage, producers of the classic musical Men of La Mancha, opening Friday, February 6, 2009, at the Kelsey Theater in West Windsor, New Jersey. Hello, and welcome to Backstage Pass, the podcast that provides a behind-the-scenes look at community theater in central New Jersey. I'm your host, Dan Mauer. Today we're speaking to you from the Kelsey Theater on the campus of Mercer County Community College in West Windsor, New Jersey. This episode is part one of a two-part discussion about children in theater. What are the pros and cons of young children performing in local theater? Is it right for all children? What should parents expect? Today I'll be addressing these questions and many more with my three distinguished guests. My first guest is Suzanne Trani McClure, Artistic Director of Arts University a performing arts school based in Hamilton, New Jersey. Before founding Arts University with her husband, Suzanne spent many years dancing professionally in New York City with Broadway touring companies and on television. She is also the mother of three-year-old Maggie McClure, an adorable little girl destined to grow up in and around the theater. Also joining me is Diane Wargo, Artistic Director of the theater company Stars in the Park. Diane has produced, directed, and choreographed and acted in many adult and children's productions over the years. She is also a member of the faculty at Notre Dame High School in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, where she teaches acting and public speaking. Diane is also the mother of Chelsea Wargo, a college freshman who has grown up performing in the central New Jersey theater community. My third guest is M. Kitty Getlick, artistic director of the Kelsey Theater. Kitty is an acclaimed actress, director, and lighting designer. She is also a theater teacher here at Mercer County Community College and manager of Tomato Patch, a summer arts program for middle school and high school students. Kitty is also the mother of Jesse Getlick, a high school freshman who has recently developed a passion for acting on the stage. Welcome, ladies, and thank you for joining me. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hi, Good to Dan. see you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. <laughs> let's, uh, let's start at the top. Why should parents let their children perform in theater? You know, what are some of the benefits that children, uh, a child is likely to see from the experience? Well, one of the things that I think is that whenever you do a play, whenever anybody's in a play, uh, especially community theater, it really becomes a, an extended family for that child. Um, my daughter really grew up at Kelsey Theater and at the Open Air Theater at Washington Crossing State Park. and and. Really, she had this large extended family who looked after her and taught her and um, helped, I think, mold her into the person she is today. I also think that children in theater, they develop a nice sense of discipline. They learn how to be on time. They learn expectations that you don't always get when you're just a kid running around throwing a football in the street. So it's a great opportunity for kids to learn how to be disciplined and to learn a craft and an art and know that there is discipline in every craft and art that you work with. Do you think it's really teaching them to grow up? Is that part of it, you think? It's teaching them a, a very <coughs> strong level of commitment, I think, in all areas of their life that extend into all areas of their life. Is theater right for, for all children, or does it take a special type of child to really benefit from what it has to offer? I think it can benefit many types of children. It can actually even expand a child who might be not as expressive and they can step into a place where they can express themselves in a different way than school has to offer so that in some ways it can it can change and develop a child in a way that you may have never seen 
them going, mm -hmm. but they could find a niche in writing in similar ways that within the performing arts, I think there's so many little pockets that they could jump into that you might not Im immediately see, but one could lead to another. It definitely will, will grow their self-confidence. Yes. And then you get the ones who are already self-confident. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it gives them a, a, a place to express themselves, mm -hmm. you know, a, pra a place where they're valued, where their talents are valued. So someone once said to me, it was actually a question, he said, why are all theater kids so damn nice? Mm. You know, and, and I, think, I think it was his way of expressing that there's a, there, there seems to be a certain commonality in their behavior or their maturity level. Is there something about theater, I, I don't know how to really express it, but... Respect. Yeah, I was just going to say respect, thank you. yeah. So is it teaching them respect, or is it an environment that attracts children. I think it models respect, mm -hmm. an environment that models respect, mm -hmm. because the children see, and that's what my theater company always did, was that we had veteran actors, people that were experienced in theater, and we liked to then bring kids in so that they could learn from the veteran actors. And I think they learn from that model of respect. There's that respect towards the director, the respect towards the people you work with, the respect to fellow actors. And uh, that's uh, such a great thing for children to learn. Uh, and I think that sets theater apart from other activities that kids do because I really feel it gives them that great opportunity to see how adults behave in the same types of roles that they're in. Uh, and in that way, they then see the adult role versus the kid role, and respect comes all across the board. So there's a lot of role modeling going on just as, as, as part of the activity itself. Yes. I think they respect, they learn to respect the process, the work. Because I think when you are behind the scenes in a production, you are tap you tap into all of the levels of what it takes to make a production happen, and I think that they then begin to respect all the parts of the process. So they see their part as being integral to the whole mm -hmm. in making that production happen, and I think they take great pride in that, and it becomes something that they feel is like a little badge of honor in a way that I was part of this greater big thing and I think that extended and was why I felt gravitated to do it professionally because I wanted I love to be a part of a whole I love to be a part of something that was so much bigger than just me so so it sounds like one of the other benefits coming out of it for the child is is that sense of, of, of teamwork, of, of mm -hmm. team play, of, of collaborating with people, not just in their own, at their, their, their own age level, but with adults, since you know, very often there are adults performing directly with children. Mm. Yes. And in fact, um, everybody, even though they may be labeled a director, um, <clears throat> when you are working with children, you understand that you are also teaching. At the same time that you are directing, you are teaching. And, um, and I think everybody understands that who is working in a show with children and helps them to, to learn things in a gentle way as opposed to, you know, strict teaching. But it, you learn it in a gentle way because you learn it by seeing others. You learn to give others the respect while they're on stage that you expect when you are on stage. We're talking about the, the, the positives for a child. Are, are there any negatives associated with, with children in theater? Long hours, <laughs> lack of sleep. <laughs> well, I guess that goes with the commitment. Yes. I mean, yes. it's part of the lesson of, of, of teaching the, the, I guess, the concept of, you know, when you join a show, you've made a commitment, not mm -hmm. just to yourself, but to the other people in the show, mm -hmm. and you're meeting it. Yeah, so. I had a mother say to me once, she said, 
is there a show that Bernie can can um, audition for soon? Because whenever he's not in a show, he slacks off on his schoolwork. But when he's in a show, he knows that I'll pull him out of the show if he doesn't do his schoolwork. So he really buckles down and he gets really better grades when he's actually in a show than when he's not in a yes. show. Yeah. Well, I think it teaches him time management. Because uh, I found with my daughter, she uh, ended up being a wonderful student and did theater since she was born, practically. And she just learned that she had to get the studies done before she could get to a rehearsal. And it just made her a better student because she then learned how to manage her time. Mm -hmm. so, so it looks like, um, like theater is a great opportunity for a lot of children. It doesn't necessarily need to be a child of specific talent. I, it, I should put that of it in the form of a question. I mean, mm -hmm. the parent who's, who's, you know, whose child doesn't appear to have any specific talents, I mean, are, are they just as, as, as likely to learn from the experience as the child who, yes. who can sing like an angel, you know, um, from, from the day they were born? Yes, I think I think there's a hope that <coughs> even when, you know, in, in having auditions for children's things and kids that come with no background, but they feel inspired by something that they saw, something that they read, um, and they want to be a part of it, but don't really know where they would even fit in. I feel like that's part of our jobs, is to see what opportunity can I give this child? Where can I place them that might, they might be able to find that little place that's perfect for them. On the other hand, though, it's not, an it's not a situation where you should force your child into doing it if your child doesn't want to. I, I'm glad you said that, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, th there's, there's this, this question that I think a lot of parents have, which is, how, do, how can I tell if my child is ready to try something like this? They're willing to go to the audition, right. I guess. Yeah. It's in their behavior. They, they want to do it. You can tell. They'll be around the house. They'll be dancing around the house. They'll be singing songs. They'll be reciting uh, different things. You can just you can see it in them if they're ready to do it. But there's a difference between wanting to do it and, I would think, being ready to mm. do mm -hmm. it. And so, so can, can you talk a bit about that, that difference? Because, I, I mean, I know children, you know, um, who, who, who have said to their parents, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, and the parents just don't think, you know what, I, I don't think they, they're ready to do this, you know, because I've seen their other behavior. So what is it that the parents should look like, look for, you know, beyond the, beyond the desire mm -hmm. to do it? You know, how do they know it's, it's the right move to start? I think if you say to your child, there's an audition coming up, now, for the audition, this is what you're going to have to do. And uh, you're going to have to practice it a few times for me. If your child is able to handle the discipline of putting together, and it, you know, you're going to need to work with your child, finding a selection, uh, finding a piece of song. But if your child is able to handle doing it in the dining room in front of you and your family members, then probably your child is ready. If your child is hemming and hawing and you're having to pull it out of him or her, then they're not ready. They still have the desire, but we're, we're going to have to work on it. And maybe taking them to a ballet class or uh, a class at any of these great schools around here might help them to learn how to be prepared to handle themselves in front of a director. Because when you do theater, you are working with a group of people. Every single one is putting 110% into that production. Everybody. There's not anybody who's just putting it, just phoning it in or just putting in their time. Everybody is trying their darndest to be as creative and just putting 110% into it. And I think that's sort of infectious as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and once they get there, they tend to, to pick up on that, and mm -hmm. they will give 110% as well. You, Kitty, you, you were mentioning something about 
being careful not to be pushy. Any of you have suggestions for, for parents on how to know where the line is between being supportive and being pushy to the point where it's the parent who's driving this as opposed to the child? You do get a lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) You do get a lot of that. And I think as long as the parent understands that the people who are working on the production, the professionals who are working on the production, know what they're doing and uh, accept the advice, you know, of those people and are willing to say, you know, even though I think my child is, you know, should be Annie in Annie, that there were, you know, other people who were more ready to be Annie in Annie, that they should be an orphan, that that person knows what they're doing. And it's not a personal, you know, strike against that child or anything like that. It's just saying this child is not quite ready yet to be Annie, but is ready to be one of the orphans because not everybody is even ready to be one of the orphans, you know, and you have to, you have to take, accept that what they're saying is the truth. I also think that parents don't necessarily understand that there are a lot of decisions that go into casting and, and you could have a child that is talented and ready to be Annie, but the person playing one of the other roles might be taller or shorter and it's, it's a lot of time based on looks. So um, you know, don't be so quick to think mm-hmm. that the directors are, have uh, something against your child, that it really has a lot to do with a whole picture. <laughs> might fit the costume you already yes, have. Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> From the last know. time you did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's smart, I believe it's smart for a parent to investigate the process if mm-hmm. this is something new that they're getting into. They do need to understand all of the aspects that go into making the decisions that you make when creating a production. And it is, again, a a big picture. And it's, yes, it's about my individual child because why didn't she get Annie? Mm -hmm. And except that that's, again, a responsibility to put back on the parent in learning as, as they have to take responsibility for Mm -hmm. learning that process, part of the process as well, and, and how that works so that they can then translate that to their child to begin that dialogue of how come I didn't fit this picture for them or the questions that children ask when they're not cast in something and how to begin to have that dialogue with them so they can not have a bad experience right. but just again learn part learn the process. I'm glad you brought up process. Uh, it's, it's actually a good segue into maybe talking about some of the nuts and bolts for those parents who have no experience with the theater, but but you know, their child is saying, "I think that's something I want to try." So, for those for those parents who might be new to theater, can you explain generally what they can expect in terms of the level of commitment required from the parent and the child? How does it compare to other extracurricular activities like soccer or cheerleading or basketball? Assume I'm a I'm a parent who knows nothing about the theater. What is it that I can expect? You'll get a schedule ahead of time, and in most cases, uh, directors and stage managers work really hard on laying out a schedule. Um, You're going to run into two tough weeks, and your two tough weeks are the week before the show goes up and the week before the week the show goes up. Uh, And that simply means that everyone is, it's at your last minute, you're getting everything done, you're putting on the final polish, and... uh, the director is going to work that cast very hard and your children if they're in the show are going to be tired because 
in the past they might be sitting back and waiting for a scene to come up that they're in but now they're on stage and then they're going to do the scene again and they're going to do it again and so there's going to be a much harder work <coughs> ethic so uh, you're going to need to be real supportive those two weeks before the production goes up mm -hmm. and the hours are going to be a little bit longer uh, usually rehearsals last and it depends on the director but I'm doing twas the night before Christmas and so my rehearsals are about two and a half three hours uh, and they'll sit a lot but the two weeks before the show, we're going to be going longer. We're going to have a really long Saturday rehearsal. We'll have a long Sunday rehearsal. So you need to know that uh, come two weeks before the production, your life needs to become that production. And uh, that's a big commitment. And it's a commitment for the family, too. Even if you're dropping your child off, uh, it's having to get back and forth and maybe bringing something for your child to eat. And uh, it's just it's all about that big commitment because it is a big commitment at that point. Right. <laughs> it's not professional theater. I mean, some of it is semi-professional. If you were on Broadway, you would have an understudy who would, you know, rehearse and learn the part and, you know, be able to step in it at a moment's notice, right? We don't really do that because we want to really showcase the talents of, of the child that we're casting. So there isn't usually an understudy who's going to be able to step in. So the commitment is that you are going to be there for the show times and you are going to be there for the rehearsals. If you are going to have any conflicts that the child can't be there, you need to let the director know up front you know, before they cast so they know whether or not their re rehearsal can go on as planned. Because being an actress as well, I know that it's really impossible if you don't have one of the cast members there one night. It throws everything off. It throws the timing off. It throws the blocking off. The blocking is where you move on stage. It throws everything off. So you really need the people to be available, you know, who are going to be in the cast. So as, as Diane said, it's, it's really a commitment. I think that's one of the um, biggest complications with people who, uh, parents who are new to bringing their children into a theater environment in any capacity, is that they're sometimes, they, they think that it's okay to maybe, oh, we're just not going to go to that rehearsal, mm -hmm. or oh, we're just, you know, we just missed it, sorry, and they, they feel like that there's um, leeway there. And that, as, as you were saying, it's not, there really isn't a leeway most of the time because the time is very precious. It's very short, the rehearsal process into the tech period, into the show. And I think that parents do need to understand that it's unlike a sport so in per se where there's extras on the side that can jump in when necessary and, um, and, the, and you're not always in a position in many productions with children that there are swings and understudies just available mm -hmm. to step in. Mm -hmm. So that that's important that if they're going to make that commitment, look at the time frame from get from the beginning to the end and really decide that you're going to be a hundred percent committed unless of course there's an emergency. You know, most directors are under you know, we understand. But there isn't really a lot of leeway. It's like a rolling I think of it as a rock rolling down a hill. And it gathers momentum as it nears opening night, mm -hmm. really. And the bottom of the hill is opening night. And it starts at the top, and as it starts to gather momentum, you know, if you jump off, that's one thing. But getting back on is very difficult. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay? So the child will have lost momentum, you know, in terms of trying to get back onto that rolling rock that now has rolled a whole three days past where you were last time and has to now try and pick it up. So it, it is actually hurting the child, yes. your child, to not have them at rehearsal. And there's nothing more frustrating to a director or a choreographer who does have that child missing. Uh, 
because then you have that decision to make. I'm making my picture and these are my sequences. Uh, what do I do now if Susie's not there? All right, you tend to almost forget about Susie because you're so busy working with the people in front of you that then when Susie finally comes back, where do I go? And so as a director, you are frustrated. Do I put her in? Do I leave it as it is? And, and it makes it hard. And it also hurts the child's feelings. Uh, they become very upset, but you've got to think about your whole production. So uh, again, back to that 100% commitment. You don't want to let the fellow cast members down, and certainly you don't want to let yourself down by not being there. It, 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 isn't there always a missed, also a missed opportunity by the child? I mean, I, I've <laughs> seen directors who are blocking a scene and, you know, they say, where's Sally? And Sally's done at rehearsals. Okay, Sally's not in the scene. Jamie, right. you're in the that's scene. That's what she was Absolutely. trying to say. You know, yeah. that's all the time. And it's, she has one less thing to do in the show. Right. Is that, yeah. And that's Absolutely. very true. Yeah. So, I mean, what we're really talking about here and painting a picture of it, it is a wonderful opportunity for, for, uh, for children to uh, to grow and to learn, but it's also a very big commitment to to, to make. So, <coughs> as, what would you recommend as a first step for parents of, of children that are new to this? Would you recommend starting more with arts classes like at Arts University or mm -hmm. or Tomato Patch, and then see how that goes, mm -hmm. or would you recommend jumping right into an audition and then possibly getting uh, a you know a role in the ensemble on a real production? you know, and then go from there. How, how would you recommend that the that parents sort of approach it? Well, you have three educators mm -hmm. and three director people. Yeah. So I think there's probably that balance. At least yes. for me, there is. A, I love when kids are taking classes and they're learning the process. Uh, it's exciting when you get a child who hasn't done that and seems to just soak it all up. Uh, but you do like someone that has a little bit of that experience and that wherewithal when it comes to theater. So I say, as an educator, absolutely <laughs> get out there and take those classes. Yeah. And as a director, to absolutely get out there and audition Fishing. for those shows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Both. Yes. Yeah. Both. Both at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. They reinforce each other yes. very much yes. so. I mean, we have classes starting uh, at kindergarten here at, at Kelsey Theater. We have play shops. And we go right, you know, straight up through 12th grade, and then we have classes at the college as well. And and there are kids who have been in productions and then gone to the classes, and then kids who've been to the classes and then gone into the productions. So it, it is a two-way street, and it's a good idea to continue to polish, to learn why you are doing what you are doing in the rehearsal. You know, because in the classes you learn why the director is doing that and why you're doing what you're doing, why you're moving here or there, you know, or picking something up. And, and uh, there isn't always time in a rehearsal to explain to everybody why they're, you know, sitting on the couch, you know, or something like that. So uh, learning in the class helps you to learn, you know, those, the technique that mm -hmm. supports what you do. I'd also like to add that on um, numerous occasions just in my recent the past five years that I've been in this area and working with children so often that many kids come to me six, seven years after doing a lot of theater, but they've taken no classes. So they're coming, all of a sudden making that decision that they want to take class, and they haven't had that balance. Mm -hmm. And then you see, you definitely see where the weaknesses are and where the strengths are, mm -hmm. and you're trying to help balance them. And, I, and I've seen it on other ends as well. So um, on both sides of it, I think it's so important to do both things because you really then mm -hmm. are challenging yourself to use the skills that you're getting in the class and then you're also, so that you can bring one thing to the other table, which is important. So I think definitely both 
things. And if you can do them simultaneously, fantastic. If you can do productions in the summer and class during school or vice versa, there's a lot of summer programs that are offered in the area. So that's a great way that you can get your child's feet wet and not be necessarily committed financially to something that you can't handle. So there's so many opportunities, I think, to do both. Mm -hmm. When we talk about both, we're talking about taking classes at, at an art school or, or a, a summer arts program and, uh, and audition for shows. Mm -hmm. um, so can, can you talk a little bit about what the audition process is like for a child performer and, and how parents can, can help their, their, their children prepare for the audition? I mean, many, many parents I've spoken to have no clue how the process works, and it's their first time. And it seems that if they don't know what's going on, then the child is at a disadvantage. So can you talk a bit about the process and how the parents can help? Well, it is all in preparation. Uh, if a child is trying out for a musical, they will need to come in with a prepared song. And uh, usually the audition notice will tell you how many measures. Um, always bring sheet music with you. Nothing worse than when someone shows up and they say, I'm going to sing Happy Birthday, because that means that they don't know what they're doing, they don't understand the process, and it doesn't give you enough to hear them singing with a piano. Can they follow a piano? Are they in tune with the piano? Uh, you also, in a lot of cases, need to come prepared with a monologue. And uh, for children, it might be a nursery rhyme. It might be some kind of childhood poem. And uh, you need to practice that. You can't come in with the piece of paper and reading it and having your face buried in the paper. You, a director wants to see personality and wants to see characterization. What else? <coughs> and sometimes if it's a musical, you will be asked to be part of a dance uh, audition, part of a movement audition, uh, where you will be taken to a room with other people and uh, you will be taught a sequence of dance steps and then you and the other people will be brought back into the room you don't usually have to do this by yourself <laughs> um, and then you have a chance to show how you have learned those dance steps and, and you know copy those dance steps. Mm -hmm. This concludes part one of our discussion about children in theater. For part two visit the Mauer Productions Onstage website at www.mponstage.com or download it from the free podcast section on iTunes. This has been Backstage Pass. I'm Dan Maurer, and I want to thank my guests and my listeners for joining me.